NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for coming back. Part two is underway. Being on the set of White Chicks, you get an opportunity you mentioned earlier to work around Keenan Keenan Ivory Wayans, yeah. and you saw what he did with *In Living Color*. Did you really get an opportunity to see his com- his comedic genius? Because you look at *In Living Color*, I don't know if we're ever going to see anything like that again. <laughs> never, never. And it gave birth to so many great: the Jamie Foxx, the David Allen Greers, the Tommy Davidson, oh. the Jim Carrey, yes. the Wayans brothers. I mean, there's so many people that launched their careers and became what they became. Jennifer Lopez, J Lo became what she be- became from that. Do did you get a sense like, man, this dude is a genius? Yes, but but this is the thing you got to understand. The same thing about the NFL. When I walked in the locker room in the NFL, they don't want you going, "Ooh, you so and so." You you got to hit him. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Like yeah. in the league, you realize, wait a minute, man. If I don't hit you, listen. You were on the offensive side of the ball. If I was opposite of you, you don't want me going, oh, man, you sharing the shirt. Right. You run me over. Right. You want a challenge. Right. You want, pow, I'm coming at you, boom, boom, boom. And that's exactly what these actors want. That's exactly what these comedians want. They don't want you to come in there, ooh, look. Man, Sly Stallone's looking like, I want you to bring that heat when you come. We look at me like I did Denzel. And that in training day, they don't want me to be like, oh, wow, you didn't sell. They want me looking at him like I'll kill him if he step out of line. Right. Because that's where everything right. is. Nobody wants it. Nobody wants you to lob. You know what I mean? They want you to throw it for real. And that's exactly what the way Keenan and the whole they they were playing for keeps. And this is another thing. It's one reason why. You can't do white chicks too, because the comedy is dangerous. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's dangerous. We're, we're a different time now. We're definitely a different time now. But how have you been able to steal scenes? You've been in Malibu's Most Wanted. You've been in Deliver Us from Eva. You've been in Soul Plane. How? Because it's not like you. It's written that you're the star right. of the movie, but you always find a way to steal a scene. And it, man, 
Man, you remember when T. Cruz was singing? Man, yeah, yeah. you remember when he's out there on the floor and he drunk that drink and he out there dancing? You're always able to steal a scene, even though the movie isn't written around you. Passion. I, I am. I serve the actors. I serve the script. I serve the audience, and it's never about me. And anytime you see a movie and you're bored. It's about that dude on the screen. You ever, I've watched stuff and you're like, oh, man, this dude, it, it cast mailing in. It's uh, how good am I going to look now? I'm turning to the left and I'm turning to the right. It's like, oh, man, whatever. But when I'm serving, because this is, this is the key. That's what I had to tell my son, even about money. I said, you want to make money? The key to making money is serving the most amount of people. The more people you serve, the more money you make. Straight up. I said, look, you want, I, people always say, athletes make so much money. Doctors should make more money than athletes. But I'm like, wait, how many, how many patients you got? How many patients you got? <laughs> the doctor got 30 patients. Well, you got 30 patient money. But how many people are enjoying watching LeBron play? True. Hundreds of millions. Mm -hmm. So he gets hundreds of millions of dollars. I said, dude, that ain't, don't ever get it twisted. You serve more people, you get more props, you right. get more money. And I decided I was going to serve more people in everything I did. I remember doing Malibu's Most Wanted, and I remember being on the set, and I said, I'm going to play this character. His name is 8-Ball, but I'm going to play him like he's real. <laughs> <laughs> and I started doing stuff, and the director was like, hey, 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 put the camera on that dude right there. And this is the thing. And this is really tricky, and I gotta let everybody know this. It can get you in trouble. Because people go, he's showing out. Uh-huh. Why are you trying to make us look bad? You know how many times I heard that? People always was like, oh, Mr. Overdo it. Oh, oh, you gonna sweep the whole place. Wow. Okay. Mr. Uh-huh. And see, and that's what you gotta resist. That's what you gotta resist. I I, I found out a long time ago, like, whatever God says about you. And if you repeat it, it sounds very narcissistic. But whatever Satan says about you and you repeat it, it sounds very realistic. And you have to decide, whoa, am I going to be real? Or am I going to do what God said? Like, do everything I can. And this is, and this is a tricky thing because you get tricked into it. You get a, oh, yeah, you showing out. Yeah. But I realized, no. The best thing I can do for the whole world is to make the most of Terry Crews. Best thing I can do for everybody is work out two hours a day. That's it. Because all I do is work on me. Best thing I can do for everybody on that set, study my lines. Know what I'm doing. Be prepared. Be ready. Always, always focused. Best thing. And all of a sudden, nobody got to worry about you. Nobody worry about you. Mm -hmm. This is it. And back in the NFL, they had to worry about me a little bit. And that's the lesson I learned. I said, nope, you ain't never got to worry about me. I'm coming. I'm watching. I'm seeing. And I'm focused. And and it's fun. And then all of a sudden you can have fun. Right. You know what I'm saying? But boy, just warning, warning that when you do that, and that's the, that's one thing too, I had to move on because I had to realize, I had a, a message on my message machine. I said, hey, this is Terry Crews. I'm taking it to the next level and I'm not going back. Leave a message. And all the people who was like, where are you going? 
Where you going? Oh, okay, okay. Oh, oh, not. Them the cats didn't get my new number. Because I realized, I said, man, I need a new circle. And the circle that, that will get me there has got to be the ones that are happy I'm getting moved up here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And anybody that got crazy, I mean, it's funny because me and my father had a lot of issues, man. I mean, again, he used to beat my mom. He used to do all this crazy stuff. And then he called me up before I get on AGT and cussed me out. You ain't nothing. You ain't nothing. And I remember just going. Was, it, was, he, was he drinking? Yeah. Tea? Yeah. And that's, so he got like this when he yeah. was drinking. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean. Is that why you don't drink? That's why I don't drink. That's why I don't drink. I watched my father get drunk and he beat up my mom. That was the earliest memory, man, watching him knock my mother out. So he called he calls you up before you go on AGTV and he's saying and he's saying, what's he saying he's to you? He's cussing me out. Okay. It's like you ain't shit. Where did this came where did this come from? I don't know. I don't know. It's one of them things where you think you big and stuff, you did it, it, and I'm going, Wow. And it got to a time where I actually had to change my number. And I actually, the only way I would communicate with him was through someone else. Mm-hmm. Just, to, is he all right? Okay, cool, cool. But you, but that stuff deep, man. Mm-hmm. And it was easier to get rid of friends that way, where you go, hey, you know, yeah, I, I can move on. Or so-called friends, you realize, ah, that's not a friend anymore. But it's a whole nother thing when it's, it's like, oh, right. And my mom passed away a few years ago. So now it's just him. But it's one of those things where I realize what it is. It's okay. He's he's jealous. He's angry. And but that's okay. Have you and he always had this contentious relationship? Yeah. Yeah. Your earliest memories. Earliest. I remember we listen, we were driving. He was driving me. Pick me up from practice, because he didn't want to pick me up from practice. He's like, oh man, I'm wasting my time. I gotta go do this. Because he didn't like sports. And he said, you know, uh, I said, man, I'm going to make it in the NFL. He said, you know, only one in a million make it in the NFL. Only one in a million. I said, I'm one in a million. I looked him dead in the car. I probably was 12. I said, I'm one in a million. He was like, you got to say, I'll never forget this. Mm -hmm. These are moments make me who I am. And I said, man, and I remember those conversations. And I know that even, even as I walk around this town, I am one in a million. As you've gotten older, have you ever tried to sit down and have a conversation with your father? Have you ever guys have thought about going to therapy together and try to get to the root? You're 55. It's, t- I mean, I understand you have a very contentious relationship, but you only get one. Yeah. And I know sometimes you probably think you don't miss him because you have the opportunity to pick up the phone and call him. But you know, T, there might be one day that you don't have an opportunity to talk to him. I know. I know. And, you know, that might be, I'll be honest with you, man, that might be the reason we sitting here today. Just talking about this is making me realize there's got to be, we got to find a way to make this work. We got to find a way. I mean, and it's wild because I tried. I try. I call, and then, you know, you find out he's drinking. Because yeah, he'll lie. You know, I ain't drinking. And, you know, and then he cut. But you know all the signs that he is drinking. All the signs. You know what I mean? Everything. Because he's a whole different person when he's right. not. Right. You know, so 
You have brothers and sisters? Yes, I have an older brother, a, uh, a younger sister. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy that I was going in between. What's them. their relationship like with your father? Or is it just you? No, it's it's, a, it's, it's everybody. I mean, yeah, because he, again. But like you said, he, everybody was drinking. Everybody was there when he was beating my mother. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it makes it very, very difficult. And when she passed, that was a really, really hard time. Like, because that's the thing, man. It's almost like, why didn't you? Well, like, it should have been you. Like, <laughs> you, know, right. you beating her and, and she, she just internalized and all that. She got sick and that was it. And it's like, man, you know. And, but it's one of those things, I think if he was willing, and I, we just got to find out if he would be willing, I have to find out if he'd be willing to do that so we could all sit down together. Yeah, have you ever, ever had a conversation with him like, Dad, why you treat mom like this? Why yeah. would you do, why did you do some of the things that you did? And you're talking to a, uh, now, you're talking to a person who would literally be like, I didn't, this is what, one thing he says, I didn't beat her that bad. That bad? Bruh, when you're talking to those kind of words, you're like, man, you know, what are you saying? I didn't beat her that bad. You're talking to her son. And he's never been able to acknowledge that. Um, that and what's happened, this is, a, this is a problem, man. Listen, and this is one thing I realized, that if you don't deal with, with these things early or where are you, where you're at, they harden. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible talks about hardening your heart. And there's a point where you feel like, well, I'm good no matter what. And I never wanted to get like that. You gotta understand, man, I had to revamp my whole relationship with my own wife. 20 years in, I had to admit I had been unfaithful to her. You know how wonderful, I'm telling you all the stuff, the great stuff she did, the mm-hmm. whole thing, that still wasn't enough for me to be faithful. And I had to turn- When you was at your lowest, oh, she was there. You see? And I went, man. And I had to go because I was going to turn. It was going to be this whole hardening of my heart. I'm finally realizing, well, you know, it was you. Because you got to understand when 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 you're in that mindset, it's like it's always somebody else. It's always somebody else's problem. Hey, not me. I'm good. Right. I'm a, and I'll never forget. We, I knew I felt like we was going to break up. We had just celebrated our 20th anniversary. We're on 34 now. Wow. But I knew I said, I don't. I don't think we're going to make it. But the thing is, there were things I never told her. You know, there were there secrets that I was holding, stuff that I had done that I never said nothing about. That she didn't know about. she didn't know, but she suspected. You know, they yeah. know. Yeah. She's like, mm. And finally, she said, this is the thing, man. This is what got me. She got me. She said, what is it I don't know about you, Terry Crews? And I, you know, sometimes you pop a spring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she could have said that any other day and it wouldn't have done it. And it went, Bang! and it said, tell her, tell her. Cause if you don't tell her, it's almost like God told me, he said, I'll never be with you again. You don't say this. Did you feel like you, into, if you didn't tell her at that moment and never. she'd have found out everything on her own, it'd have been a whole different ball game. Whole different ball game. Whole different ballgame. Oh, easy. But that's the thing, man. Look, look, it's hi. How is it working the court? First of all, you turn yourself in. <laughs> if you admit guilt, you get you the get leniency. leniency of the court. But if they catch you, right. If you talk about you take it to trial, you gotta get the fool, you gotta get the harsh sentence. Oh, bam, that man, that gap will right. come down hard. And I said, 
This is what happened. Obviously, as you're explaining, you're telling her some of the transgressions that you had that she didn't know she suspected. And I'm sure there are tears starting to flow. And that's starting to break your heart because she was there when no one else was. She knew you at your lowest and she picked you up so you could be at your highest. And now you got to tell her, babe, I'm not the man that you thought I was. Hey, man, there ain't no kind of pain than hurting the one who love you the most. That's a whole nother level of pain. I mean, you can you can be kind of cruel to people you don't really care about or whatever, but somebody who's always down, who never disappointed right. you, is always and I look at my wife right now and I'm like, Wow. I gotta like you gotta understand, man, like knowing I there were times I would come home and she'd be in tears and I know it was because of me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that hurts a woman. That, that, I mean, that's to the core. That, that, and I remember just going, I have to do anything and everything. But it, but this is this is the thing, too. I realized running doesn't help. I wasn't going to run anymore. And I, I said, I just have to acknowledge and I got to make amends. And now, her, whether she stayed with me or not, that's up to her. Because, and this is the thing, that's why I never looked. So you I, did what you did. It actually wasn't for her. It was for you because yeah, it was eating you. Yeah. It was yeah, killed. It, yeah, you, you was dying yeah. slowly inside. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're living a lie. Well, you know. Hey, man, you know when you lie. Yes. You know what I mean? You know when it, you tell it, uh-huh, uh-huh, and then all of a sudden it just all come down. I didn't want to live in a lie anymore. And, dude, this is the thing, man. Being, I, what I like to call it is a whole person. Because what happens is you have a double life. You mm-hmm. literally like one way this way, one way that way. Man, there ain't, and that's a whole nother level of stress when you got to be two people all the time. Ooh, yeah, uh, yeah. Which, which lie did I tell? Right. Let me say, I used to be like, why don't you believe me? But the real question I should have been asking was, why am I lying? Why, you, why aren't you telling the truth? <laughs> <laughs> Shannon, dude. And I'm, listen, when I'm someone's with you there. T, when someone's with you for that long, they know you, bro. Yeah. You're yeah. basically a teenager. She don't she don't be your late teens, your twenties, your early thirties. Right. We're we up know. together. Yeah. But see, this is the thing. She gave me all that time. Cause she always was suspicious. You know, she was suspicious. And she just sat in her way, like, oh, is he gonna tell me? Oh, just she was always giving me the benefit. Always sticking there anyway. And dude. But I have to say this. The happy ending is literally after that 20 year point when we almost broke up, we got closer than ever. And I mean, the next 14 have been beyond belief. Like, cause I'm a whole person. Right. Like, ain't no lies, ain't no nothing. It's like, this is what it is. And that's the thing, man. It's like, uh, I just want, one thing I want everybody to know about me is that I'm not Hollywood. And when I, when you look at the term Hollywood, I want people to know that I'm human. This is one reason why I say these things. Simply because, you know, people go out and they're like, the whole desire is to be looked at like, oh, you're a superstar. You're this and this. You're infallible. Nope. 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 People are like, man, you said some stuff that got bent in me. I know. Man, you, you, man, you hurt my feelings when you've been in it. I totally understand. That's me. Mm -hmm. I did that. 
You know what I mean? Right. A lot of people mad at me for different things, different reasons, and I totally upped up. When I should I spoke and I should have shut up. And I look back and I go, man, I'm sorry. A lot of times I have to acknowledge that, but a lot of times you have to acknowledge that there's some people that just not going to like you. Right. And I understand that too. Mm-hmm. And, but I feel human because this is another thing as a football player, you lose humanity. You become a God and it always comes back to bite you as an entertainer. The same way if people put you on a high pedestal oh, he's never this. Nah, 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 nah. Hey man, we all human. Right. Big time. Right. And that's why I want to always keep out there. Eddie Murphy wrote you in Norbit. And you talk about you wanted to be a comedic actor. Yeah. There's no bigger one than Eddie Murphy. Never. And he wrote you in Norbit. Can I tell you the story? Yes. I, I know. I, Please I, do. I, I, we run out nah, of time. Nah, we got time. Bro, I got invited over Eddie's house. And I said, man, but I, I, I said, but you ain't Eddie. <laughs> the dude that invited me wasn't Eddie. I said, man, I don't know. He said, no, 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 no. It's cool, man. Eddie said I could bring right. some right. people around there. I said, dude, come on, man. I do not want to show up at Eddie's house right. and not supposed to be there. So, I, man, I said, oh, but I had to, I, you know, he's like, no, man, Eddie is cool, cool. Right. So we go over to his house, man, and I'm like, oh, my God, this place is the most palatial thing I've ever seen. I like, I ain't never seen, I didn't know people live like this. <laughs> I swear, man, that was at the moment where you're like, good God, this is a, one of the most giant people in the world. And he's there and people and there's been food and everything and the house full of people and all things. And I'm like, but where's Eddie? Oh, man, I'm, I'm just thinking, Lord. And Eddie's at the top of the stairs. And I went, oh, he's looking over the whole thing. I'm like, oh, man. And then he comes right down the stairs, looks me dead in the eye. Like, and he ain't looking at nobody else in the room. He's looking at me. I'm like, oh, damn it. I, I knew I wasn't supposed to be here. <laughs> like, he's looking at me like, he said, you walk dead over to me, man. I'm going, oh, I'm about to get kicked out of this man's house. He said, T, come here. And I will follow him. And we go to the hallway. He said, hey, man. My brother's writing this movie. My brother Charlie, he said, he's writing this movie called Norbit, man. We got a role we wrote just for you. Hey! He said, what you want? You want to be in this movie with us? I said, holy God, who gets this? Who gets this, Shannon? Certainly, up, there's there's billions and billions of people on earth. Right. And I got that. Right. You ain't got to tell me nothing. I feel like that endorsement, the fact that he said, we wrote this for you. you. Because they recognized the passion that I bring to every role. They knew I wasn't going to mail it in. They knew I wasn't going to complain. They knew I was going to come with it. Big Black Jack. And I did and I'm so thankful for it, man. The fact that I work with Eddie and Charlie. Yeah. Charlie. And look, Charlie's gone. Mm-hmm. Good friend. Yeah. Good friend. It just blows my mind. You also were in Soul Plane with Mark, with, uh, <laughs> with, uh, with Kevin. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Hart. Hart. That was one of the first things. And and be- this was kind of before Kevin Hart became the K-Hart that we know him as currently. Oh. Did you see this kind of meoric meoric? meteoric rise yes. for him. Yes. Kevin was a superstar. But see, you gotta understand, 
Soul Plane was the most bootleg movie of yeah, all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snoop Dogg. No, 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 wait, wait. I was at the gas station, and it was, I was like, man, this movie coming out in six months. They're like, hey, man, you did a good job in Soul Plane. I'm like, huh? Huh? I saw it last night. <laughs> I said, how you? Man, I got it at the house, man. What you talking about? I was like, I pumped my gas. Dude, I went to Roscoe's. It's sitting out there in front of Roscoe's. <laughs> I said, how y'all get so? He's like, man, just go in, go in there and get your waffles, bruh. Don't bother me, man. I, I wanted to be like, man, y'all can't be selling these movies. Like, right. <laughs> man, go get your waffles, bruh. Don't be, don't be messing with me. I was like, all right, all right. I said, he's my movie outside. Dude, the streets love, love Soul Play. Love so- they didn't pay a dime to see it, though. <laughs> it was awesome. I love it. It was awesome. Hey, man. But the streets had it six months before it came out. You know that copy came straight from Technicolor. Somebody in Technicolor, it's like the McDonald's scam. You know, right. McDonald's Monopoly? Yes. That somebody on the inside was giving it out. Yeah. And somebody on the inside sent that straight to the street because they knew they could get money on it. Right. Everybody made money but Kevin and the producers of that movie. <laughs> but see now, but think about it. Look what Kevin is now. Right. You I know. mean, you do voice acting. I mean, Boondocks, American Dad, Spider-Man, yeah. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Do you, I mean, because a lot of people like, say they like doing voiceover roles. I do you it. like that? Love it. Love it. Everything. In, in fact, uh, oh man, I don't know. I can't even say it yet. Dang it. Oh, you got something. Else. I know. I know. I'll tell you after. I'll tell you after. But uh, I love it. I love doing all this stuff, man. I mean, remember, it's all entertainment. You, right. you got now. Now understand this. I got to go back to another thing. When I started, people weren't doing like stars weren't doing commercials, right? And they came. I remember getting this opportunity because one guy fell out. Uh, they had hired some guy to do it, and they said, "Well, we had this Terry Crews type guy. Why don't we just ask Terry Crews if he would do it?" They put, presented me with the first Old Spice commercial. Yeah. And I said, hell yeah! Yes. Hell yeah! And I went in there, man, and they so was you like, up, you, grew uh, those, <laughs> you grew up wearing those. You grew up wearing those spikes back in Everybody wore that. Everybody. And look, first of all, you got to understand, it was kind of like on the outs. Like, Old Spice was, uh, mm-hmm. they were thinking about changing it and the whole thing. And all of a sudden, it became iconic. I said, you can entertain with two minutes, one second, voiceover, you can entertain. I said, my rule, I have no rules. And dude, I did that whole campaign for 10 years. Wow. It changed the game. Like all of a sudden you have major stars now doing commercials. Right. And the whole thing. But I, the Old Spice changed the game. They played all over the NFL. That was, yes. that was another thing that was kind of like my revenge on the league. Because I, you couldn't watch a game without seeing some crazy Terry. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Cruise Old Spice commercial. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I don't know if you have any horror stories, but Terry, but uh, Terrence Howard said that he was only paid like $12,000 for doing Hustle and Flow. You have any horror stories in which you felt that you didn't get the proper compensation that you deserve? I, first of all, I, and I understand what Terrence is saying, but I have never, ever, ever looked at whatever money I got as a horror story. Mm-hmm. If I did it, I loved it. Right. See, but this is the problem. I have a, I, there's a saying I have to say, you can't nod yes and mean no. If I nod yes, I looked at the terms. They say, okay, you're going to pay me four grand for two days. Okay. If I said, okay, I can't come back later and be like, ah, I only got four grand for that. That's hey, man, presented. that's what you presented. Right. So there it is. Don't, ain't no, to me, I'm not, I'm not going back on that. Right. And this keeps my heart always full of gratitude because once I start to complain mm-hmm. about any of that, it starts to mess with my legacy. I didn't get nothing for training day. How about that? I didn't get a zero, but it changed my life forever. You didn't know who I was if it wasn't for a no paying job. First of all, it named somebody to play football for money when they start. You don't get no money. Right. You play football for free. You play basketball for free. Then you get all the way to the pros and you get the millions. Ain't no other way, bruh. There's nothing else. Wait, there's no way to hop, skip, and jump this thing. You see what I'm saying? But that's the thing. People are trying to invent ways to get right to the money. But, hey, man, first of all, nobody knew who I was, and I got my shot. I got paid maybe four grand on Friday after next, but that's why I came up to Cuba and said, thank you. Thank you. That was the start. That was the start. Now... I make money now. (laughs) You you've been a part of three shows that did at least a hundred episodes. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Are we there yet? Everybody hates Chris. That's an extremely rare feat for a single actor to have three different shows to reach that. Very rare. But again, I I love 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 working. I love what I'm doing. Got just did a movie with Dave Bautista coming out next year called The Killer's Game. Um. So honored, man. Like, who gets this, dude? I'm living. You, you, you talking to an old football mm-hmm. player. You know that? Yeah. When I look at uh, the players I play with, and they just like, man, you killing it, mm-hmm. man. You like, 
and I, I got to take it. But again, when I look at the fact that I don't, tomorrow's not promised, right. Shannon. I don't know if I'll be here tomorrow. So I'm going and I'm going to take it. But every one of those roles mm-hmm. makes me better. I learned on the fly. I didn't go to school. Right. So I learned by doing a hundred episodes of show. Right. You know, you know, it's funny. I'm on the road. I'm on the, I learned by acting. So Tashina Arnold, she'd be sitting there and I was like, man, these lines, they're hard to learn. He's like, I'm, man, I'm trying to learn these lines. She said, Terry, Terry, sing them. I said, what are you talking about? She said, sing your lines. And you sing it. You know how you sing. You memorize songs, right? Yes. She said, when you saw, when you talk it, sing it and you remember it. See, that's a seasoned actress mm-hmm. telling me the keys to the game and I'm ready to receive it. Dude, I said, holy, it changed my life. Right. And Tashina is one of the most brilliant super, been acting since she was a kid. And she had all this knowledge, right. but you, but I'm open to it because I'm like, how do I do this? And I have no problem asking for help. Right. No problem. You turned down the expendable four roles because of an assault and because yeah. you refused to withdraw yeah. the petition of the civil suit. Was that difficult for you or were you standing on, as they say, not business, but principle? It was it was totally it was extremely difficult because I love those guys, man. Mm-hmm. We did this together. You know, Randy Couture, Dolph Lundgren, Sylvester Stallone. I call him my dad in the business. He was like, man, you, I'm going to put you in this thing. And then when the fourth one came, I mean, the producer told me, yeah, ain't going to be in it if you don't drop this case. I said, come on, man. I said, what kind of game are you playing? Now, remember, I already been manipulated by the NFL. I'd never forget when I had to go home on that Monday. I had to bring back my playbook. Right. So you can get me rid of me anytime you want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But this was my terms. This is my Barry ain't going back. You know what I mean? This is me like, no, no, I'm not going to nod my head yes and mean no. I mean no this time. Right. And I love those guys, man. Jason Statham, all of them. And I hope we can do something together in the future. And it ain't their fault. You know what I mean? But there was just things I have to say. Mm, that's Remember now, like I said, I if, if I'm doing it, you got to know I've already counted all the costs, all the costs. And I've done many, many things for free. But that meant more to me than the things I got paid more, paid a lot of money. Off. How difficult was it to come out? Because you said a Hollywood exec broke you. Yeah. And that's not easy for a man, especially right. a man of your stature. Right. And then all of a sudden the fabrications of the stories that started being fabricated about you. Yeah. Did, did you think, because you said anytime you come out with something, you've already, you've already calculated the risk and the cost yep. of whatever you're going to say or do. Yeah. Did you think you would get the kind of blowback or the, cause I don't think a whole lot of people believed you. Yeah. I, I knew it was going to be strange. First of all, if it hadn't happened to me and I heard it, I'd have been like, man, what is this dude talking about? Mm-hmm. That's why I never got mad. I couldn't get mad at people going, man, what are you doing, man? Big ass Terry Crews. Right. But see, I'd already been through probably eight years of therapy, me and my wife rebuilding, me understanding what true power was, mm-hmm. me understanding that it was about how hard I, you see, you got to understand in the NFL, road rage works. That works. Mm-hmm. But in real life, go to jail. Mm-hmm. 
real life, hey man, you do what you did on the NFL football field, you do what you did on M- uh, MMA, you going you going to jail, straight straight to jail, right. jail full of cats that was like, <laughs> I ain't taking that, right? And I realized, well, because my wife made me promise, she said, Terry, because she, you know, I used to have hair hair trigger and temper and be fighting people, and she was like, man, what are you doing? She's like, we're gonna lose everything. You, you, you can't do this. You got a son now. And the son was my last one. That's my fifth. She said, you want to you want to be able to show him. You want to be able to be there for him. But you acting like this. And I realized something. And I said, man, there's much more power in thinking your way out of situations than fighting your way out of them. Mm-hmm. And this was this was what blew me away. It's because my, I, I, my wife was right there. And I remember we went home and I was like, this is bullshit. I was like, I can't believe this. She said, Terry, Terry. You said, ain't a woman in your life ain't been through that shit. Okay. Wow. And she said, now what you going to do? He said, because we can't fight our way throughout this stuff. He said, your daughter, your mother, me, been places where you just had to eat it. said, so, right. And I said, you know what, though? I said, I'm going to do it the other way. I'm going to sue him. And she said, there you go. And I'm going to tell you how to do it. <laughs> wow. My wife was right there with me. And she said, you tell what happened. And you show people this could happen. And I remember, I said, hey, man, size ain't got nothing to do with it. First of all, if you did it, I mean, look, it's like saying I'm too big to get shot. Uh, well, actually, you're the perfect size. <laughs> <laughs> you do that. Hey, well, if the bullet hit, yeah, what, I didn't. I, you know what I mean? I'm, no, I'm big. I'm giant. My chest was so right. no, that went right through. I'm standing there, and it happened. Yeah. Just if I acknowledge, if I don't say nothing, that don't mean it didn't happen. Correct. So what does that mean? But now I said, hold up, hold up. If Because they were telling me that he could get away with it, he could do it. This is my agency, man. I'm like, I paid y'all millions of dollars, man, millions. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, I'm sitting here going, I'm on the black side of this thing. So I'm going, yo, wait a minute. Now, would you be doing this to your white clients? Right. I'm going, ah. Uh. I said, so what is going on? Why is this dude still there? And they said, well, they thought I was trying to do some money. Like, give me a money grab. I said, no, no. I said, I don't want no money. But he got to go. You don't get to touch the clients. You don't get to do that. And all of a sudden, they were like, no, he gets to stay. He's he's a partner. I was like, all right. We're going to and do. I spent a half a million dollars of my own money. But how many women have that? How many people have that? How many? I was in the position, like I said, how many, I, I get to have that because I got that kind of money. Mm-hmm. But the, for me, I would have spent a million dollars to win one dollar. And I said to my wife, and my wife was like, go ahead, Terry. She said, this is how you fight. Not with your fists, mm-hmm. but you think your way through this thing. And you know what? They finally came up with it and finally, because this is the thing. When you do stuff like that, you don't rob the biggest bank in this place. You rob a whole bunch of little ones. Mm-hmm. 
And all these people came out the woodwork, man, that nobody knows about that joined my case. Mm. They were like, yeah, he did this to me too. Yeah, he did this. He was coming. I said, this dude. Mm-hmm. And all and of a sudden, they, they were like, uh, hey, Terry, guess what? We're going to fire him and we're going to give you all your money back. How about that? I said, like, cool. All the money that y'all done took in from them fees, yeah. I need that. All that. <laughs> give me my money back. Thank you. <laughs> and I moved on. Right. But see, but remember, it's not about revenge. Right. It's about, but this is the men, and this is one thing I want every man out there to know, is that you worth it. Because mm-hmm. you can discount yourself. Like, oh, man, it, it wasn't no thing. It ain't no thing. But, but this is the thing. How I had to look at myself. I have a little picture of myself when I was 10 years old on my desk. And I said, man, what if somebody had messed with that little kid? What would you do? That's you. Mm. Take care of you. Take care of you. Really, don't let nobody treat that little boy like he's worth less. Because that little boy is me. And that's the same thing. I think every man needs to understand who he really, really is. And and the thing is, doesn't mean beating people up. Doesn't mean swinging a bat, shooting up the place. Doesn't mean driving a car through the center of the thing. It means, hey, man, you can't do that. No. Standing up. It's taking your voice, and that's your story. And I stood with all, and let me see, I was inspired by all these women that came forward that was like, hey, me too. I got, this happened to me, this happened to me. And you know what? I cannot count the number of men that came forward. And it was like, man, wrestlers, NFL players, all this, they was like, you know, that happened to me. And they were coming out. I would never tell people to make their stuff public. Right. I would never, ever say it. But you got to tell a counselor, a friend, somebody, so that you can get past this. And I was just in the public eye, and I had that skill and ability to deal with it in the public because that's, I'm always public. How did it make you feel that some prominent people in our community made light of your situation? I understood it. Man, you got to know, I'm from Flint, man. You know, first of all, you grow up with... Mm-hmm. you. In, in the hood, you know about what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got a big head, that's big head Johnny. Right. You got big ears, that's ears, whatever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right. It's like you grow up with, you got to be tough. Right. That's the whole thing. Trash talk, whatever, get dunked on, you don't live it down. I mean, that's just the way it was. And I started to realize, hmm, well, they're going to talk anyway. So. You know what I mean? So let me give them something to talk about. But I started to realize, oh, when I had so many black people come forward and mm-hmm. say, thank you. Thank you. Hey, bro, thank you for coming forward and saying what happened. Right. Because that happened to me. Man, people were pulling me to the side. And that's why I know I was right. I knew. I said, no, this is a problem. I was going to going to parties, going to Hollywood stuff, man. And people pulling me to the side in tears. I just got to talk to somebody. And I'm going, this is a man. I, and I knew when I went in front of the United States Congress and told that story in front of Con- all those senators and the whole thing, I said, this is a major problem. Mm-hmm. 
And I knew my purpose. It was almost like it transcended football, Hollywood. Now I'm in the government circles and I'm going, wow. And if one person's life changed because of that, it was worth it. You caught a lot of criticism, a lot of flack, a lot of heat with the Gabrielle situation, Gabrielle Union situation. I think she was released from uh, AGT and it seemingly some of the tweets that you said about, uh, uh, black, um, uh, communism. I think something to that effect. Um, no, uh, what was, what were the terms? Black supremacy. And for the longest time, it seemed like black Twitter was on your side. The black society was on your side, but it seemed like when you didn't come to the defense of Gabrielle, it seems like it switched on you a little bit. Yeah. And then it was tough because you're, you're, you know, you're on an island. Yeah. You're on an island. How were you able to get over that and then have you talked to Gabrielle since then? Yes. Yeah. Let me tell you, I, man, that is one of my biggest, biggest regrets. Um, again, I, I apologize publicly, but <laughs> I, 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 up until this time, I had never had talked to her. And, and what, this is the thing, man. And the problem I had was getting on Twitter. Yeah. And you can't have a nuanced conversation. This is the thing, too. Not in 100 and, what was it, 180 no, characters uh, back no, then? No, 140, no. now it's 280, but and, you still can't. And this is another thing. You can't do anything angry. And I got angry. Right. I, people was talking, you know, the internet talks. They talk junk. They talk about, about my wife. They talk about my kids. Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I got mad. And then you start tweeting. Angry tweeting is like, it's just like road rage. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't smart. And let me tell you a beautiful story. And I think this is, this is going to sum it all up. And I'm, I hope, I really, really hope and, and pray that everyone understands because this is such a beautiful thing. Two years ago, um, my wife and I were celebrating our anniversary at a, um, it was at a music festival with Robert Glasper and all these cats. And, and we sit up there and Dwayne Wade and Gabby come in. And now I, I didn't know they were there, uh, but my wife was looking behind me. She's like, honey, honey. And I'm like, I look and I said, oh man. And I knew, I said, because I had apologized publicly, but we had never talked personally. Mm -hmm. Now I knew through therapy is one of those things that you got, you have to wait to be invited into people's circles, you know, especially if there was anything wrong. Man, Dwayne Wade comes up to me and I get this tap on my shoulder. Dude, it was the most beautiful thing ever. I turn around, he says, What's up, black man? What's up? He said, I see another black king here. I just want to acknowledge you. And he gives me a hug. Wow. Hey, man, I'm broke. I'm sitting here going. Now, if anybody could have been like, man, bump this dude. I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. I said, man, I said, man, can I talk to you and your wife together? He said, man, come over here. Shannon, it was me, Gabby, Rebecca, and Dwayne. Just us four. No internet, no nothing. And I went right over and I said, I am sorry, Gabrielle. Because there's things I didn't know. 
I'm speaking because I'm speaking angry. I'm, nah, 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 nah. but there was so much to the story that I didn't even fully understand. And I, I screwed that up. Mm-hmm. And then the internet got involved and then it, it, it was horrifying. And my wife, this is another thing. My wife was telling me not to, to say anything. No, don't, don't, don't. But I'm, I'm, I'm Terry Crews. This is where you get arrogant. This is where you get prideful. And I was wrong. I was wrong. And I apologized to her face again. I said, Gabby, please, please accept this apology. And dude, she did. She gave me the biggest hug. Hug my wife. Do we ate with them? We had lunch with them. Enjoyed this music. And I'm sitting here like, who gets this? Man, Dwayne and Gabby, I got nothing but the utmost respect. Because if anybody could have just been like, ah, I ain't got nothing to say to them. But I said, what a move. Like, Man, that was that transcended what I call it was it was from heaven, man. It was like a whole nother thing and a level of humility that it took for him to come over and just be like, give me that love like that, man. Right. I they will forever be. Uh, I'm in admiration, I'm in awe of him and her. And I'm just thankful. I'm thankful to call them friends. And I'm thankful that they gave me the shot to say that I apologize to their faith without the internet, without all this junk. And it was hard, man, that whole time. Yeah, because there was a lot of tweets going on, Black Lives Matter, but we got to make sure Black lives are are better. It was. Things of that, uh, so it kind of morphed. You were like angry that people were saying these yeah, shots I, and it kind of morphed into something. It's, you can't, and this is another thing, man. It, it's just that, you know, all things, uh, you know, I had to learn to shut up. Right. Ain't the hot take. I don't need, you don't need to give a hot take. Right. There's no hot takes on everything. You know, you reach a point where you, okay, I'm in the public eye. Time for me to issue a statement. Right. You know, <laughs> huh? No, no. In fact, don't say anything. Right. And one, let me tell you, man, just like I learned in the NFL, how to, to really, really work hard. With this thing, I had to learn how to be quiet. How to, you out of your league here. You know what I mean? This is too complex. Right. A conversation. There's too much nuance here mm-hmm. for you to wrap it up in a tweet. No. You know what I mean? It's too much, too much pain involved. Mm-hmm. And I heard a lot of people. I heard a lot of people with that. And, it's again, it's one of those things where I, I apologize, but I have to say, I'm like, I know in my heart why, because mm-hmm. I was angry. Right. And you can't speak out of anger. You hurt me too, T, when you tried to boycott Magic City. <laughs> NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> oh, I was getting on everybody's nerves. Like, yeah. <laughs> you heard me like, I didn't close it down. I said, he had to try to boycott. I'm going to be on the other side. Oh. He took my clothes down. Oh. Open it up. Oh, no. Open Listen. it up. Listen. That, now, that was my porn problem. You know what I mean? I've been very vocal about that. Right. Uh, but that was me. I, I, you know what, man? Again, you know, what can I say, man? And again, there's people who hate my guts to this day. I totally understand. You ever been to Magic? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll be playing a little. Hello. You are closing down after no. you don't got, got your no, people. No, 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 I've been there. I've been there. Yeah, I know. When, when, I mean, when I was in the league, we, that's the first stop in Atlanta, yeah. man. They'd be like, okay, we're going. You know what I mean? Uh, I, again, man, my thing is, I just, I got to shut up. <laughs> uh, and I, I mean, even my wife was like, you need to be quiet. I said, you know, I think I do. And over the last couple of years, I've been learning. The problem is, I was too quick with statements and my ears weren't open and I needed to listen. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've been doing now. I just tell the story, my own story, my personal stories, and I've just been quick to listen. That's where I'm at. This scar, and people, uh, I've noticed this. Yeah. Explain the story, how that happened. I was two years old in the hood. And my mother, we was in a little toe-up toe up spot, and I put an extension cord in my mouth, and it exploded. <laughs> this is actually repaired. Right. I had a huge keloid on my lip mm-hmm. when I was a kid. And uh, all the pictures of with me as a kid, and I had it taken out when I was in high school and repaired a little bit. But it's almost, uh, it's my reminder of I should have died, you know, I was shocked, but not electrocuted. Right. Thank God. But at two years old, that could have been that could have been right. horrible. Obviously, growing up with that, you know, when you grow up like we grow up, kids are gonna make light of anything. Yeah. If you the slightest in any shape, form, or manner, it's gonna become a joke. Oh yeah. 
I was called Electric Lip. <laughs> they were like, Electric Lip, ooh, Electric Lip, ah, they had a whole little thing. So how, so how was it? How was your upbringing? You, were you bullied a lot? Because I, I read where you like, the way you talk is not typical for Flint. Yeah. And so they like, you tried to be white. Yeah. I mean, you gotta understand, I, I'm an artist and I'm walking through cats from the gang members, the drug dealers. It's the 80s. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. 80s Flint, Michigan, which is crazy right yes. now because the factories are dying and people went straight into the drug game. So it was about, you know, you had to look cool. You had to have your troop mm-hmm. suit. You had to have a certain, you had the Jordan zone. Woo. And so I had a portfolio and I'm like, uh, 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 and anytime you talked about wanting, because again, I talk a lot and they were like, you want to be white. You want to be, if, you, if I talk riches and talk about, I want to be rich and I want to, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be white. And that was, that was kind of hard because, you know, I had to hide a lot of my talent. You know, I had to hide. I had to be, oh man, I don't know what y'all talking about, man. That's where Friday after next came from. I was just jumped into one of them and that attitude and that whole thing. People were like, man, I ain't, he ain't even like that. People who knew me. Right. But nobody who knew me, they were like, oh, man, I was scared of Damon for years. But the thing was, is that that's, I had to, what they call, what they call it? Um, signal. What is it? I forget. It's like uh, you, you switch code. The code switch. Mm-hmm. I had the code switch in order to to make it. You know what I mean? Because I, actually, I was just very sheltered. Mom, religious. Father, hate sports, the whole thing. And I, they just make it home. Right. But then you're going through the hood on the way home. And Flint was going through everything. So it got really crazy. You tell the story, or read the story, that when you were five, you tried to kiss your dad on the cheek to tell him you love him. Because that's seemingly, as a young man, young boy, that's what you wanted. You wanted to hear your father tell you he loved you. Yeah. So since he never told you, you were going to tell him. And you said he looked at you. Looked at me like I had an eye in the middle of my forehead. And I remember, I, he was he was still drunk. Mm-hmm. And I remember kissing him on the cheek. And I was just waiting for this, like, I love you, son. I was like, I love you, dad. But he looked at me like, and I'll never, I thought, I'll never do that again. I'll never do that again. And it kind of became where I knew that's where we were going to be. You know what I mean? That's where our relationship kind of. Even at five, you didn't. Even at the the, the yeah. right age of five, you didn't see your relationship progressing any further than what it was at that moment. Even as you reach your teenage years, your twenties, forever, how long he was on earth, and you continue to grow as a young man. Well, this is the thing, man. Being that vulnerable hurt. Yeah, because I was vulnerable at that moment, and. I realize that even as an actor, my whole thing is showing vulnerability. You know what I mean? You don't mm-hmm. see a, a character until you're vulnerable. Right. And the fact that uh, th- all the stuff I've been going through is a, is a response to that. Go ahead. I'll tell people that I got molested. Mm-hmm. That's that's showing vulnerability. Where the whole thing was, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be hard. You gotta, you can't never let them see right. you sweat. You know, you, you know, that's weak. That's weak. But I realized vulnerability is strength. Yeah. You know, 
Yes. Fact is, I'm mean. I, I listen. I I hurt. You speak, man. You step on my toe, it hurt. You shoot me, it hurts. Right. You know what? Uh, there are times I cry. I'm up to shoot. I'll cry a couple of times while we're doing this interview. Right. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of things that hurt. And it's first of all, entertainment itself is how we deal with pain. Sometimes you laugh, sometimes you cry. But that's how we deal with it. You know what I mean? You need to see a funny movie to deal with your pain. Mm. You need to see a drama to recognize your pain. You know what I mean? That's why you put on a slow jam. You know what I mean? Something right. that you, you got to feel it. You lost her. You know what I mean? She was gone. She's gone. And you got to feel it. These, these things, this is what entertainment is about. And if you can't show vulnerability, you can't be, a, you can't be in this game. Not here. And I realized I, I was going to have a problem if I couldn't. So I said, I'm going to just be that dude. And let the chips fall. I read the story and I always wanted to ask you this because it takes a special type of, per it takes a, for a, a son to actually fight his father because the dynamic, the thing I've always told my kids, I say, our dynamic will never change. I'm always going to be your dad. You're always going to be my child. Yeah. I said, and I never want you to put me in a situation where I view you as anything other than that. Yeah. And so we've always maintained a relationship in that aspect. I'm the father. I'm, they're the child. There's a respect level on both sides as they have reached adulthood. Yes. For you to go to that level, because to fight your dad, you no longer view him as your dad. No. You view him as someone on the street that at this moment, I don't care. That was the darkest day. Darkest day. I mean, you got to understand the, the context of that situation is he had just hit my mother. And I'm going in front of you. In front, well, no, he had hit. I wasn't there, but the whole I got a call, phone call. Okay. And oh, your daddy just hit your mama. Oh, now I'm a grown ass man. Post NFL. I already played the league. Like, mm -hmm. hey man, what? What? You all that? You two forty five? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you right. Right. You're, right. you're talking to a five year old boy. Right. I'm like, bruh, what? And see, this thing, too, I had already called. I said, hey, man, don't trip. Don't trip. My kids ain't never been around this. They ain't never had no, nothing like this. So just act right. And, you know, holidays hard. Right, right, right. right, right. Just be on hard. your best behavior with the kids. Please. Just please. And, dude, he hit her, knocked her two sideways. Like, it was crooked. Hit her dead in the mouth. She bleeding. I said, didn't I tell you? Now, bruh. Everything came out at that one time. It wasn't that I didn't see you as my father anymore. It was you that I'm five and you're that dude that I was so scared of. And I got to get rid of this right now. Now you're going to get what you've been given. 25 years. But listen, man, I did it. And I at that moment, horrible. wait, I beat his ass and I felt nothing. I was thought I was going to feel, oh, this is great. This is great. This is wonderful. Now, finally, it's all straight. Felt worse. Because now I just beat up the man that brought me into this world. Right. Huh? Huh? See, this thing, all this stuff that people think of, the, the road raid, jump out the car, shoot the guy, shoot him. How you feel now? Oops. Mm. Ain't never been in one of them moments where it's like, oops. Damn, I went too far. 
I didn't. I shouldn't have done that. How many times do we got to say that? Right. I've done it. I've done it too far. What did he say after after that moment? What's it was done? What What did he say to you? How did he How did he look at you? Because it's not so much what he said to you; it's the look that he gave you. Bruh, I wouldn't even look at. That's That's how I didn't want to look at. I was ashamed. I was ashamed. <laughs> you know, that, you're going a too man far. is never meant to attack his parents. No, it's it's just not. It's just does not supposed right. to exist. But let me tell you, we did have a great moment. About 10 years later, because I, I left and never came back for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. We did have a moment because I said, and this is during my therapy sessions, and I called my father up and I said, you know, I, I need to talk to you because I need to find one thing that I'm thankful for you for. And I said, I'm thankful for you for having me. Because if you didn't have me, I wouldn't exist. I said, thank you for being my father. And that was the, you just had to find one thing. It wasn't all the, just, hey man, if it wasn't for you, I would never be here. Mm -hmm. Thank you. He cried. He apologized. He said he was sorry. And I never had that. Then I, I flew home and hugged it out. I was like, maybe we're on a new path. Maybe we're on a new path. And I left, and he slowly started getting back again. You know, back hardening again. But I'll never forget. That's why I know there's a way. Right. There is a way. Yeah, of I mean, just why you talking about this today, us, us sitting down. If he's willing, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see if he's willing to try this one more time. Because we're all running out of time. You mentioned their wife staying together after there's some infertility on your part. Do you believe your wife, you guys would be as close as you are now without that? I, first of all, we were on our way to breaking up. I mean, 20 years in, it was it was over. That's why I always I can I can totally understand men that are divorced. And I'll be real. That ball was on the fence. It could have went this way, or that way. Did you start to become succumb to the temptation of Hollywood? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, I had nobody who would tell me, everybody was telling me I was great. They said, man, oh, man, don't worry about that, man. Oh, she tripping. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I, I, anybody, I was like, oh, really? They're like, oh, man, look, look, but look, you got money, you got this, you pay, what more she want? You see, notice, that's people who, who don't live with her. It, it, it ain't nowhere in your circle. Man, she tripping. And I'm going, and you listen to that? But I wasn't hearing her. Right. And I wasn't hearing her heart. And the thing is, is that the deal is, can she have secrets? And would I accept that? See what I'm saying? See, just flip the script. Right. That's all you got to do. I tell man, it's so crazy. For me, it was one of the things where I had to just flip it for a minute and go, I'm not being fair to her because she don't know the real me. And, and the thing is, I always felt like if she found out the real me, she'd leave. And then in a way, it was kind of like, see, see, yep, now you know the real me and now you want to leave. And she was like, no, no, in fact, I want to stay. But I got to go. I got to go. Oh, 
this is wow. And then I started to go to therapy. Yeah, now I'm coming out of football. They telling me all this stuff. I'm like, this ain't me. This is crazy. This isn't it. And I realized, yo, it was me. Mm-hmm. It was me, bro. Lots of this stuff. And she decided. She said, you know what? I'm gonna work it out. Right. And I told her, I said, I understand if you didn't, but I'm. I said, I am a new man, and I'm going to show you. The man that you thought you were marrying, I'm the him now. Yeah, and I spent the last 14 years doing that, and we're closer than ever. I read you had to pawn your ring, your wedding band several times. You had friends, and and that happens a lot because everybody has advice on what you should be doing that's not married. Yeah. You got friends yeah. that not bad, man. If I had all that money, that fame, I ain't gonna be listening to that. What, what, <laughs> what, she got a nice car, got a big home, yada yeah. yada yada. Yeah, bro, but you're not married. I ain't taking advice from somebody that's hanging out every night because we're at two different places. Right. It's amazing how people who ain't where you at got all the advice in the world until you. Uh, now, now, when you get there, they go, wait, wait, whoa, wait. Oh, no, I gotta go not. home. I gotta go. I gotta go man, home. Come on, man. I, but now you talk about when I was married and you weren't, you wanted to go kick it. You know what I mean? Look, look. Hey, hey. First of all, I just realized more than ever, and this is the thing too, because again, at 55, it's different than 25. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've lived long enough to see people get it, win it, lose it. And you go, damn. Ooh. You start to see the results. You know what I mean? This man, we call winners way too early, Shannon. Yes. Everybody, he won. He won. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You give it just two two more years, and we'll see. Wait, give it ten more years. Mm-hmm. Give it fifteen more years. I want again. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. And I said, man, first of all, you can be an adult prodigy. Think about it. everybody. Think about a prodigy. As just a kid that knows all the math, and, and they go, that's the kid. No, it's the cat that's 60, 70. Right. That's like, now I know. And but but wisdom and like that is not really valued in our society. So you gotta be 18. Right. You know what I mean? Your wife color is always a source is a subject that's brought up. Mm-hmm. For the record, she's black, correct? She's black. Yes. Black mama, white daddy. And been raised like that. But again, just because she don't have that kind of look. Right. But her mom is black. She's from Gary, Indiana, bro. My wife is, was Miss Gary, Indiana, 1984. And, and the Gary, Indiana is like Flint. Yes. Ain't nothing but black people. <laughs> <laughs> and she was raised in black culture. Right. See what I'm saying? So it wasn't like she was raised in the outskirts. How has she been able to deal with that for the better part of... 40 years since she's met you. How have you been able to deal with that? Because I know you hear yeah. it all the time. I bet you don't. Uh, she's. She, he got a little money. He go get him a wife. Right, right. But but she knows that. And that's the thing we got to understand. Even in Gary, they knew. The problem is in Gary, they knew she was black. Right. Because they saw her mama. Right. And mama go to school. And they go, oh, yeah, shit. And she got black friends. But when she go, we go to a new town, they're like, oh, she's a white woman. I say, no, no, she's, she's Obama. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but, but she's also, we also have dealt with that. I, I'm, I'm just saying, it's one of them things where we went to join a church down here and, 
And people thought, oh, he you know, this white woman. He's going to bring this white woman in this church. And it's like, but if you got that attitude, that might not be the church we want to get into. Correct. You know what I mean? Right. It's, but we already used to it. Um, but we're not under proof. And this is another thing. And this is what I admire about her is that it never bothered her. She was like, I love black people. And even if some of them feel that I'm white, she said, I understand it. Wow. And it's deep to me. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I had to start thinking. Mm-hmm. Because I would get angry. Absolutely. But to watch her, the way she dealt with things peacefully, like, I'm not going to go there. You know what? That's the trauma that they had to deal with. And I understand it. I understand it. And I go, wow. We said, but I love them anyway. I love that. I'm going to get you out of here on this. AGT, you've been at this for a minute now, and you're great at it. Yeah. And do you see more movies, more TV? Because it seems like you got a fairly, I mean, obviously, I know how television works. You probably shoot two or three months out of the year. Yes. You wrap it, and then you got an opportunity to do whatever you needed to do as far as yeah. tele- movie-wise. Yeah, I got a big, big movie called The Killer's Game coming out next year. Me, Dave Batista, um, Sophia Patella. I'm a bad boy this way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, assassin. Right. Um, but, you know, the, the whole business is changing. You know, I remember when, you know, right now there's only like three movies in the theater right now. Mm-hmm. And I remember there used to be 10. Correct. 20. Now streaming. Streaming is work- things and all this and, that, you know. I, Are you okay with that? I'm I, I'm okay with it. No, <clears throat> first of all, the new new stuff it's new. Mm-hmm. So don't I'm like Quincy Jones. Don't get mad on new stuff. Let's let's keep going. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, hey, he did Frank Sinatra. He said, "Come on, Michael Jackson right. and whoever, Tevin Campbell. Let's mm-hmm. keep going." Yeah. I'm that dude. Okay. Uh, I love doing what I do, and a lot of times I see it's kind of wild because the business is changing so fast. And the thing is, I want to keep up. If we was doing everything on YouTube, let's do it. Look, the NFL's on YouTube, bro. It is. Ain't that crazy? Yeah. Like, that's unthinkable. Amazon. Unthinkable. <laughs> you got to be on Netflix, it. too. Listen, don't hate on it. I don't hate on nothing, but yeah. I still am entertaining. Mm-hmm. I'm still doing movies. I'm still doing TV. Mm-hmm. I'm still acting. I'm still hosting. My thing is to create five, six-way goals for me. Mm-hmm. Because I know one path is going to be it's going to get me through the other things so I can keep going. Right. I thank God every, I just did a, a thing for the walking dead last year. We shot it in Atlanta. And, uh, so I'm still acting. I'm still doing all that stuff, man. It's just, again, I wish we could do white chicks too. I wish we could. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that kind of, I don't know. See, that's that's the, 2023. like you said, different day, bro. Different day. So now I got to flow with what what's happening now. Yeah. You, you remember know? when we were growing up, the sitcoms, yeah. All in the Family, and oh, the Jeffersons, God. and the things that they said, Sanford that ain't flat, that ain't, that ain't flat. Oh, that. You that watch ain't it now, you're like, ooh, they would they never. They said that? Yeah. They would never. But now, you know, that's why I did a I did a pilot for CBS last year. It didn't get picked up. Uh, but then the strike happened. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Like, uh, you know, the town's coming back. Right. So we'll see what happens now. But, I, hey, man, I want to say this, though. And... I really, really want to thank you for letting me tell that story about Dwayne and Gabrielle. Thank you. Because I love them. 
And they showed me a whole nother level of kindness that I didn't deserve. I'll be honest with you. And I'm thankful for them. And it, it was so wild, man. I gave them the biggest hug. And I just said, man, thank you. You know, and just to tell that story and be able to tell it in the right context, because I know you sat down here with Dwayne, yep. and, you know, and I got nothing but love for Gabrielle and Dwayne. Nothing but love. And me and Rebecca. Thanks for stopping by Club Shay Shay. Oh. Terry Cruz, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.